When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to a very special edition of the What's Right with Nick Wright podcast, YouTube show, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. But here's why it's special edition. About three years ago, I started on a project. The the idea was to do the 50 best players of the last 50 years in the NBA. To basically take from Kareem's rookie year to right now and not only give you a list of 50, but put them in order one through 50. It has taken me years. I thought it was going to be a book. It's now it's now via this platform that we're going to do it. So it's really the 50 best players of kind of the last 52 years, but we're going to call it 50 of the last 50 from Kareem to now. We'll get into who just missed. We'll get into who was too old later. But before we get to number 50, just to set the parameters, I'm not what matters, what does matter, what doesn't matter. I'm not worried about off the court stuff. I'm not worried about the Olympics. I'm not worried about international ball. I'm worried about how many All-NBA teams did you make? Did you ever win an MVP? What did you do in the playoffs? What did you do in the biggest moments? What were your biggest accolades and awards? Those are the things that matter to me. And now, without further ado, let's get right to number 50, one of the great what-ifs in NBA history, the great Bernard King. Number 50. Bernard King. He pairs quite nicely, like a wine with a steak, with number 49. We'll explain that in a moment. The accolades are the following. Two-time first-team All-NBA, one-time second-team, one-time third-team. He won a scoring title, averaging 33 points per game. He almost won an MVP that year in 1984. And so here's the deal. He averages 33, and then he suffers a brutal injury. Takes him a bit to get back, and then... Six years later, he's back up to 28 per game, but then he got hurt again. And this is back when you you can't recover from injuries the way guys can now. And so he just didn't have it. He didn't have the longevity of some other guys, but his peak was incredibly high. So as you're going to see, as we go throughout this list, we're talking about Bernard's playoffs in a moment. We are, we're going to try to value everything, right? So a guy who was really good, but did it for 15 years. How do you weigh that against a guy who was great, but only did it for eight years? Bernard King is obviously far closer to the latter than the former. But the other thing you're going to see is guys with light playoff resumes are penalized greatly. And Bernard King, he doesn't have a non-existent playoff resume, but it's a light one. So let me talk about what he did well. 1984, He did beat Isaiah in the Pistons. That Knicks team had no business beating Isaiah in the Pistons. He beat them. How'd they beat them? He averages 43-8 and for the series. 43-8. and He had four 40-point games in that series. That same Pistons team that would years, a few years later, him up Michael Jordan three years in a row. Bernard King beat him. So that matters. Then in round two, 
This, again, is pre-injury. It's his best year. Almost wins MVP. Does all these things. He plays Bird Celtics in round two. So you have Isaiah's Pistons in round one. You have Bird Celtics in round two. Gets to a game seven against Bird Celtics. Averages 29-5 and five in that series. Scores 44 in game six, down 3-2. But they lose game seven. Suffers the injury again. So the playoff resume is really just that one year, but that's also the one year in the playoffs where he didn't, he hadn't been hurt yet. So it does feel like he had amazing things to come. Never quite reached it because of the injuries. He's the 50th greatest player of the last 50 years. The great Bernard King, who the way he explained how he scored, there were like 12 spots on the court he cared about. He just knew how to score from those 12 spots. He had three dribble moves he worked on, a dribble right, dribble left, dribble center. He would look at how you're guarding him and then pick the spot on the court he was closest to, pick the dribble move he needed to do, and that's how he would do it. Brilliant player, a big what if, the 50th greatest player ever. We have a question mark about one Bernard King, or a question from a caller, I should say. Let me hear it. Not to be a millennial or anything, but who the hell is Bernard King, and why do you have him? over Tracy McGrady. His shoes wasn't the best, but man, that boy could score. He could yam it. I'm just trying to figure out how Bernard is over T-Mizzy, T-Mac. Let me know, because I'm confused, bro. So that's about Tracy McGrady. And Tracy McGrady is a great question, because Tracy McGrady, as spoiler alert, does not make this list. So his peak was incredibly high. He also, you could argue, was as good, as gifted of a scorer as Bernard King. So why does King make it and Tracy doesn't? Tracy was one of the hardest omissions. Because Tracy's lack of a playoff resume is even more glaring than Bernard King's. Tracy made the playoffs a bunch and never gets out of round one. And if you go through it, it's not great instances on him not getting out of round one. There's a lot of game sevens. And it's not great performances. So, most famously, he's up 3-1 on Detroit. Up 3-1 on Detroit in round one. They not only lose the next three, but he's 8 of 20 in game five. He's 7 of 24 in game seven. Now, he's really good in game six, but they lose by 15 despite it. That's not great. The very the next time he's in the playoffs, another game seven, a, a series against Dallas. This time he's with Houston. He's 10 of 26 in that game seven. They lose. The next year, two years later, is in the playoffs again. Another game seven. This one against Utah. He's not bad. Don't get me wrong. He's not bad in the game seven. He has 29 and 13, but they lose by four. But the problem was they were up 3-2, and in game six, he's 8 of 23. So McGrady, the playoff stuff, in my opinion, just kills him. He just misses out. And so that's why he's not on the list. And that's why, forget being number 50, he's certainly not number 49. Number 49, another guy who people hold the playoff resume against him, one, Carmelo Anthony. Number 49, Carmelo Anthony. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook or clean up make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for head to factormeals.com slash nick right 50 and use code nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code nick right 50 at factormeals.com slash nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active so Carmelo Anthony and Bernard King. It's a very interesting dichotomy here because, and I'll go through Carmelo's accolades in a moment. I think Bernard King's peak was higher, but Carmelo was close to him peak-wise and did it so much longer. He is ninth on the NBA's all-time scoring list. That's got to matter. Now, he doesn't have any first te- all-NBA first teams, but he has two second teams and four third teams. He also won a scoring title, was a one-time scoring champ, and he finished third in the MVP voting one year. Now, as far as the postseason goes, famously never made a finals. However, he was the best player on a conference finalist. That, again, that doesn't get that doesn't do much for you, but it's something. And in that conference finals, Against Kobe, this is back when he was with Denver, he's 28-5 and 4. He's 28-5 and 4 in those conference finals. And in, in, his, in the playoffs from that year, from 09 to 2013, he was 28 a game. So you have the fact that he is top 10 all-time scoring in NBA history. He's a guy who though I would say in the best team he was on. They did exactly what they should have done in the postseason. They got as far as they should have gotten. They didn't underachieve. They were 2-2 with the Lakers. And if you remember, I don't know if you do, that that game five against the Lakers is tied going into the fourth quarter. Carmelo was excellent in that game five, actually outplayed Kobe in that game five, but they ended up losing the fourth quarter by nine points, I think. And so they end up losing that game and they lose game six. That's a great what if. What if Carmelo had carried that Nuggets team to the finals? Not not only what if for his legacy, but also does he then stay with Denver? Because the other part that killed Melo, and I know this has been brought up a lot, but it warrants mentioning, he wanted to get to New York very badly. That's fine. But he also wanted all his money. So instead of waiting a year and signing with the Knicks outright, he forced it there early the Knicks then have to trade all those pieces to get him, which then undercuts his ability to win with them. But when he did get to New York, the best team he was on with New York, they again got as far as they should have gotten in the playoffs. They get to round two, and who do they lose to? LeBron and the Heat. So it's not like there were a bunch of years Carmelo was on the better team and fell short. 
I do think that happened with a guy like Tracy McGrady, who we just mentioned. I also think this final act of Carmelo's career is a valuable one after he was essentially kicked out of the league. Nobody wanted that he wouldn't come off the bench. He didn't work in Houston. What he was able to do for Portland, what he's been able to do for the Lakers, is an important minor legacy enhancer, probably just enough not only to get him into the top 10 all-time in scoring, but to push him ahead of a guy like Bernard King. So the two greatest Knicks scorers ever, Bernard King and Carmelo Anthony, come in 50 and 49. I think we have a caller that wants to ask about Carmelo. Hey, Pops. It's Devontae. Live from the house. I've got a question for you. You say the playoffs matter in this whole ranker thing. Uh, Melo's only made it past the first round two times in his entire career. Please tell me how it is that he got here. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. So I think that, again, I I don't look at Carmelo as a playoff failure. I understand he didn't have much playoff success, but if you go through the actual, and I'm going to pull it up for you guys right now, if you go through the career playoff series, like what is the series Carmelo lost that you're like, oh, man, You had no business losing that. If we're not going to talk about very early in his career. So in 08 with Denver, or you go to 07 with Denver, they lose to the Spurs. The Spurs won the title that year. 08 with Denver, they lose to the Lakers. All right, well, the Lakers went to the finals that year. The next year with Denver is the year that you lose to the Lakers in the conference finals. And I'm going to go a little overtime here, depending my guy Melo, who, yes, listen, he is a Syracuse guy. And he did deliver us a championship, but still ninth all-time leading scorer. The next year in Denver, they lose to Utah in six. Okay, I guess you can argue that year, you know, maybe they should have won that series. But then when he goes to the Knicks, who do they lose to? They lose to the Celtics, big three. That's the better team. They lose to the Heat. That's the better team. They then lose to the Celtics again. That's the better team. 2013, they lose in round two to the Pacers. Okay. Yeah, maybe you win that series, but that Paul George, Roy Hibbert team was good. That that team took LeBron and the Heat to seven. And then after that, it's with OKC. OKC, we're going to hold that one against him? No, I mean, he's a different player. So I don't look at the – it. yes, you would like to have a better playoff resume, but if you have a better playoff resume and you're top 10 all-time in scoring, you're higher than 49th. Carmelo Anthony, the 49th greatest player of all time. We'll be right back. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright podcast YouTube show where we are counting down the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years in the NBA. And even though it's basically Kareem's rookie year to now, I would feel personally remiss if I didn't at least acknowledge guys who belong on any NBA list if they weren't just too old for it. So the guys, this isn't the entire list of guys who were too old to make to make this list, but it's a partial list. I'm gonna go through them in a somewhat of uh, chronological order. So, I, you know, Bill Russell, Elgin Baylor, Bob Pettit and George Mikan were the two greatest players of the pre-Wilt Russell era of NBA history. Uh, Bob Pettit's, you know, career accolades still hold up. Uh, George Mikan was a dominant, dominant force in the league. So those guys have to be on any list. Obviously, Russell. So I think Russell somehow is underrated. He won 11 titles in 13 years. He won the league MVP five times. And that was back when the players were voting on it. Everybody knows Wilt. 
Wilt had a 50-point-per-game season. Same season, he averaged more than 48 minutes per game. He won an assist title. He just didn't win enough. If Wilt won two more titles, he's probably Babe Ruth of basketball. But even 100 years later, people would be like, ah, that's the greatest player ever. In that same era, you have Elgin Baylor and Jerry West competing with those guys. It's one of the reasons Jerry's 1-8 and in the finals. You also have Oscar Robertson, the original triple-double. Those guys have to be on any all-time list. They're just too old for mine. Another great guy that is not the caliber of those players, but would be, is on the NBA 75 list and justifiably, is Willis Reed. The reason I'm mentioning him is Willis Reed is the youngest guy who's too old for this list. So if that helps your mind's eye, if you're an NBA historian, as we're going through this top 50, you're like, wait, why didn't such and such make it? Why didn't John Havlicek make it too old? Anybody who's Willis Reed's era, generation, or older does not make this list. So that's kind of the cutoff there. Now, here are guys who were eligible but did not make it. Now, this this will not spoil the list entirely because... They are, because there are certain guys that made the top 75 that didn't, not only did they not make my top 50, but they weren't even my honorable mentions. I'm not going to name any names, Reggie Miller, but Reggie Miller, he's a guy 17, 3 and 3 for his career, was never even sniffed an MVP. Why is he this consensus top 75 guy? I don't know. But let's go through some of these guys. So Wes Unseld has the top end to make this list, but not the body of work. He has an MVP, and he has a finals MVP, but he only has one truly great season. Also, and I'm not trying to bore you with old Wes Unseld facts, but Wes Unseld's finals MVP is one of the most unfair thefts in NBA history. We don't have to get into it, but we are going to name a guy who's on this list, who made it, who obviously, clearly, and by any fair definition, should have been MVP of that finals. He somehow doesn't get it. His name's Elvin Hayes. And so, Wes Unseld, great player, uh, and, you know, would be on the top 60, but not good enough for the top 50, in my opinion. Dave Cowens, he won a couple MV, or a couple rings. He won an MVP. He just missed the cut. Adrian Dantley, two scoring titles, and he's a, you know, He's a what-if. Would the Pistons have won if they kept him? In 88, the Pistons should win the title, probably. I mean, they're they're up 3-2 on the Lakers. There's a you know the famous uh, Isaiah Thomas sprained ankle game. There is, some people feel, a phantom foul call uh, that sends Kareem to the line. The Lakers escape game six. They then win in seven because Isaiah is crippled and is a shell of himself. The Pistons then trade Dantley. So Dantley misses out on the championships. Would they have won with him? Maybe, I don't know. He just misses out. Another guy from that era who just missed out, Alex English. I think, I'm not certain, I think he's the highest on the all-time scoring list of guys that didn't make my list. The problem is it's all he did. He makes one conference finals. That's it. I know my guy Colin Cowherd loves him some Alex English. To me, he's out. He, he, He just barely misses the cut. But he is out. We also got to go Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce's finals MVP. Now, is it a legit finals MVP? Maybe. I Was he the best player on that team? Absolutely not. But he 
He was the was he the best player in those finals? Maybe. He also is a top 20 all-time scorer. However, only one time was he first or second team All-NBA. I feel he was the third best of the big three. All of those things, in my estimation, have to matter. So Paul Pierce, he just misses the cut. Ray Allen, listen, the shot alone almost gets him on the list. You can almost make the argument Ray Allen because he hit maybe the most iconic shot in NBA history. That alone should be enough to get him on this list. However, I can't put him on it because he was never an MVP candidate, really. He was never a first-team All-NBA consensus guy. I And in my he was he was a great part of some great teams but never the leading part and so I love Ray Ray was a tough omission but he doesn't make the list Tracy McGrady we talked about him in the first segment if you were listening Tracy McGrady is probably the best of all the players that as far as what their career upside was he is probably the best of all of them that did not make this list he is probably the guy that his A, you know, he was an MVP candidate. He was a scoring champion. However, his lack of playoff success, and we went over it, so I don't have to belabor it here, is so glaring when compared to the guys who made this list that I think he was a fair omission from my list and a fair omission from the top 75 list. I want to go back in history just a moment before we get to Jokic. Also not on the list is Pistol Pete Maravich. Pistol Pete, he's another, there was no winning. No winning whatsoever. He didn't have much longevity. He was on, when I did this thing initially, Pistol Pete was there, and then I removed him in favor of someone else after really deep diving into it. Iconic player, amazing scorer, 40 a game in college with no three-point line, but we told you college stuff doesn't matter. Pistol Pete not there. And then the two current guys who probably will be on the NBA's 100 at 100, but I don't feel have done enough to make this list. Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic. Also, by the way, Klay Thompson, but Klay to me was not a hard omission, nor was Kyrie. To me, if we're talking about guys that should make it that didn't, Dame and Jokic are the ones that you got to discuss, okay? So Dame does have an obviously elite resume. The problem is he just hasn't done it long enough. If you're so he's four-time first or second team, that's that's valid. 25 points per game, that's valid. But you've been to one conference finals, you got washed out in those conference finals. You have never been, in my opinion, forget considered the best player in the league. I don't think there's ever been a moment you've been considered the best guard in the league. And because you're still active, you haven't played long enough. So you're never in the best of your position. You've never been on a real contender. You only have one playoff run past round two. It's just not enough. I, I think he'll make the next list. It's just not enough. And then there's Jokic. And I, when I talked on social media about that I'm doing this project, uh, people were like, oh, my God, can't wait to see where you have Jokic ranked. I was like, well, I don't have him ranked. Nick, that's so, it's not unfair. And I'm not saying Jokic is not going to end up being on all of these lists eventually. But if the world stopped today, he flatly does not have the resume of other guys who didn't make the list. 
I know he has a league MVP, but so does Dave Cowens, and I didn't put Dave Cowens on this list. So does Derrick Rose. And I didn't, Derrick Rose, by the way, spoiler alert, not on this list. He has been two-time All-NBA first team, and he'll either be first or second team this year, one-time All-NBA second team. So he, the last three years, he's been spectacular. He also has only been out of round two once, and nobody's expecting him to get out of round two this year. And he has the one year where he was an MVP candidate last year where he won it. This year is another MVP candidate. So it is not a knock on Jokic. It's just if you have no championships, no finals appearances, and only four outstanding seasons, how can I put you on the list over a guy like Adrian Dantley? How can I put you on the list over a guy like Dave Cowens? I can't. Those guys didn't even make the list. Welcome back into the What's Right with Nick Wright podcast. 50 greatest players of the last 50 years, special editions. As you might be able to tell, I had a quick wardrobe change. That's because I'm talking to you from the future. Well, actually the past, but whatever it is, I'm talking to you weeks after I talked to you about Carmelo Anthony and Bernard King because I forgot to do the final segment of the show. I was so excited, I just left. So now I'm telling you what's coming up. Next week, players 48 through 44, there's going to be a serious historical you know, kind of tinge to those, to that part of the rankings, including one guy who I feel was the second biggest omission, the second most egregious omission from the NBA's top 75 list, and some of the greatest defenders ever will be featured in players 48 through 44. Once again, these series will be coming out once every week. We are counting down the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. I'm so excited to finally be putting out to the public sphere a project I've been working on literally for the last few years in my spare time. So join us next week for players 48 through 44 of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years in the NBA on What's Right with Nick Wright. 